Good morning and welcome to another edition of Experiencing the Experience Industry. Today we are going to talk about technology and the effects that it has on recreation in our communities. Today we have two special guests, our first one being Pam Hernandez, Superintendent Principal of the San Antonio Elementary School District. Good morning, Pam. How are you? Good morning, Michael. I'm doing great today. Good to um, see you. Good to see you as well. So as you heard, we're going to be talking about technology. And you've now been working in the school district, and you get to see your students quite often on the job. So I'd like to talk to you about how you've seen the increase in technology affect your students and their physical recreation on campus. Hey, that's a great question because we have uh, kids that wear Fitbits and keep track of their steps just like adults do. Uh, one of the other things that we do, and we've seen a real uptick in our students' cardiovascular um, abilities and performance is through a program called Just Run. It's specifically designed as a free program for schools and their progress is tracked via the internet which allows students to then earn different awards and recognitions for you know having run their first mile 5, 10, 15, all the way on up um, past 100 and also earn awards for citizenship and we have actual test data. Uh, in California, we have a physical fitness test that checks how they're doing, and our cardio scores have increased significantly with this combination of you know real-world physical fitness and tracking through the internet and with technology. Yeah, that's wonderful. And who's in charge of that tracking? Do you have a specific position assigned to this, or is it done by just the teachers in general? So it's a real team effort. I begin the year by enrolling everybody and partnering with Susan Love from Just Run. We enroll all of the teachers who in turn enroll their students. They then track their kids' miles. We have instructional assistants, yard duties, who help the students track how far they're running in addition to the teachers and the children tracking their own miles. They're super excited about it. Those miles then get charted in the classroom and get charted in the Just Run program online, following which all the incentives and items that they earn are sent to the office and distributed, and we can do that sometimes through uh, classroom distribution and then for the really big awards we have a Monday morning recognition uh, where kids when they hit their 25, 50, 75, 100 miles uh, get a big shout out. I love that. That's a great way to keep kids involved in recreation nowadays with so much technology. While you do have the plus side from that, I'm sure there's also some negatives with students being on their phones during classes, but I'm also concerned with them being on their phones during break and during lunch and not going out and playing basketball or playing tag. How have you helped counter that? So interestingly, the community that I'm working in right now, we have kids that are still kids in what we would consider more the traditional sense. We allow students to bring their phones to school beginning in the fourth and fifth grade. They are only allowed to use them before and after school or with the teacher's permission because the intent is to use them to enhance instruction. Um, for example, our kids use the Sora app and the Overdrive program to get to uh, library books or IXL math. Um, they create podcasts, they create videos, um, Adobe Spark, images and just really you know looking to find engaging and creative ways to get them involved in what they're learning so 
those devices aren't necessarily a bad thing or something that slows them down. Uh, for the upper graders, the middle school students, 6th, 7th, and 8th grade, they are allowed to have their devices during breaks as well. Um, we see a handful of them kind of hang out. Um, ironically for us, because it's very different than what most people perceive, um, our kids tend to be reading on their devices. Um, certainly they're on um, social media outside of school, but those apps are blocked if they're going to access the internet using our system. And we also have uh, some recommendations for parents on how to track their students' use on a device, both at school and from home, so they know what their kids are doing. But most of our kids stay pretty physically active. They walk the track, they play basketball, um, you know, hang out as kids do. Mm -hmm. I love that. I'm glad you're giving them the freedom to, to choose still. There are some schools, though, that do not allow students to have phones at, on campus at all in fear of what we just spoke about, as you've done it so well. How do you feel about that, and do you feel like there's a way to address that in a better manner? Uh, absolutely, and I think, you know, every generation um, sees things in the generation coming behind them that make them scared or distrust distress the younger generation. You can go all the way back to Plato and there are some great quotes about, you know, looking at kids that are too full of themselves or taking advantage, having poor manners, um, just being more involved with their treats and, and themselves. However, we see that each generation becomes successful and adds their own unique um, enhancements to society. When we take a look at these devices, and not allowing them to be on campuses. We're missing a really important opportunity to teach our children and our students how to use them correctly. In no other place will they have so many guides that can watch out for when they make mistakes because we're kids, we're humans. We are gonna mess up, we are gonna make mistakes. They are going to use poor judgment along the way. And if we have them just using these devices in private at home, there will be nobody there to catch them to teach them and to guide them. So my advice to all school districts and all educators is to put safety parameters in place, put expectations and consequences for accountability. But remember, kids aren't necessarily trying to be bad. They're trying to discover a world of digital citizenship that my generation is learning at the same time as our students are. And in not allowing kids to have those devices and not engaging in that manner while they're at school, we are putting them in a more unsafe situation where they're having to navigate it on their own without adult guidance. I like that. There's a learning curve for everything. It's great to guide them as best as you can while we still have them in the schools. Um, another thing, a little bit different from technology, but related to freedom, there's been a common debate in the experience industry whether to have a structured recreation and physical education period or to just allow them to have their own freedom of choice. What do you think? What's your take on that? There's wisdom in both and there's a place for both, definitely. Um, structured play uh, can create a different type of creativity because when we have parameters on what we do, we react and we think differently. Um, but unstructured play is also a fantastic time for kids and adults to learn and explore and to learn how to interact and solve problems on their own. There is a global school play day. It's pretty big here in the United States. It does have other countries that are involved in it. Uh, San Antonio Elementary does participate in it as well. And it's a full day of school with unstructured play. And the kids love it. Um, adults are 50-50 
on whether or not they like it because hmm. we're putting a lot of trust in kids and we're you know watching them have to struggle with you know when I get along when I don't get along you know I want to win I'm competitive hmm. I'm not competitive but giving children the opportunity to problem solve and be creative on their own again is an incredible way for growth uh, socially um, as citizens and intellectually not to oh. mention the physical fitness component of getting exactly. to do that exactly and so you said the parents are 50 50 adults adults excuse mm-hmm. me adults how are you bringing adults into it as well so adults are our staff is very much part of the planning conversation ahead of time and taking a look at so how do we put those safety parameters and Place. And we uh, did some planning last year, it was the first year that we did it ahead of time and put in a really robust supervision schedule of staff and parents so that if and when, particularly when students did need to have access to an adult to help or somebody needed to step in for some guidance or to play with them, I really encouraged the adults to play with kids, including myself. Um, we could be there at a moment's notice. We did a debrief at the end of the day, um, taking a look at what worked, what didn't work, what we could do better um, in terms of supporting the kids and also making the adults feel good about Mm -hmm. the day. Um, So we're looking forward to doing it again this year. We generally do this in February, and that's the plan. And, um, you know, at another time, if you wanted to have more information about what Global School Play Day looks like, I'd be happy to share it. Awesome. I love that a lot. Um, So this is slightly out of your age range. I know you teach about first grade to eighth grade, but it's noticeable in colleges that a lot of students are consistently in the library from waking up until they go to bed or just in the classroom studying. Do you have any suggestions to professors or teachers or to the faculty in college campuses to help promote more recreation on their campus? Sure. You know, I think a lot of us um, are multi-sensory learners, too. And, uh, you know, taking a look at, you know, using audiobooks, for example, we um, are very dialed into the traditional book. And it's great because, you know, a lot of us like to highlight and put our stickies in there and um, or if we're using an e-reader, you know, highlighting and having that interaction there. But I know a good audiobook and going for a walk lends itself to some good learning as well. I think when we have students that are studying is to create opportunities for um, getting up and moving around. But, you know, I have a Fitbit that I wear because I'll, I get involved in a good book, um, either because I'm still learning or enjoying some pleasure reading and my Fitbit reminds me every 50 minutes I need to get up and move around. I think making sure that we do that and keep that in mind and are always reminding students, hey, take that 10, 15 minute break and yeah, go for a walk around the library or outside or um, have a conversation, walk and talk about your learning with another student rather than just sitting and and looking at the books is really important. Yeah, that's great. That's very insightful. Uh, That is the last question I have for you. I want to thank you for your time for coming out here and giving us a little insight on some of the recreation we see in schools nowadays. That was my pleasure. Thank you, Michael, for having me. Thank you. So we just had a great interview with Pam Hernandez today. Now we're going to take a short break and we'll have our second guest in here in just a few minutes. We'll be right back. For our second interview today, we have Pam Hernandez's husband in today, actually, Mark from Fort Hunter Lake. He is a sports and fitness director and is actually a part of MWR, something a lot of us in the experience industry know quite well. Mark, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. 
Awesome, awesome. So I got a few questions to, for you about technology, specifically related to what you do. So with the increase in technology, have you noticed an increase in participation in some of the events and activities you guys have put on? Um, we have seen an increase because we make really good use of our uh, Facebook profile page to advertise our events. Um, and we've also got, um, we also have a uh, Twitter page that we also use to get our events and activities out to the Fort Hunter League community. Um, and that really works well because we have young soldiers that are the bulk of our population of customers. So they're always on their phone. So it's always good for them to um, be able to look there and, and find the things that we're offering. That's awesome. And do you have someone specifically dedicated to being your social media person, or is that something that falls under one of your responsibilities? For our overall directorate, which is MWR, we have our own IT uh, who's involved with all our computer networks, and then we also have a marketing chief who deals with all our advertising. He's the one that handles our, our Facebook page, um, develops our flyers, um, gets the word out via email, via our Twitter page. So we do have someone that's um, has been hired specifically um, to use technology to get the word out um, to our community. Great, great. And you said that you use your technology because you mainly have a lot of younger soldiers. About what age range would that be? Uh, our uh, young soldiers, they uh, run anywhere from 18 to 26 years of age. Um, a lot of them are right out of high school and decided to uh, choose the military as a career. Um, a lot of them are single soldiers, and definitely they are hooked on technology. Um, a lot of the programs we offer them at a recreation center are a lot of video games and um, sporting events that they can uh, download and stream on their phone. So uh, we have Wi-Fi in every facility, recreation facility, so we're definitely reaching out to the young population we know they're very proficient in technology and like i mentioned earlier they're on their phones constantly so um it's just the way that we have to keep up with that to, to reach them mm -hmm. exactly and i know we talked earlier and you said you've been doing this for 35 years now what kind of changes have you kind of noticed in how your job has shifted and how the kind of demographic has shifted for the kinds of people you see coming and using your facilities whether it be age or even gender. Well, since I've started in my career, it's basically been the same amount of uh, young soldiers coming through. That age demographic hasn't changed any. Uh, but what we've seen is that uh, the different trends in sports and fitness or what pertains to the soldiers has definitely changed along with uh, the public at large. Um, again, we've had to really catch up to... Um, to the technology part of our job because um, once the Army Institute, some, it seems like we're already behind of, of what the new trends are. Um, we, we don't have anything to deal with like Snapchat or, or anything like that. So it seems like once we, we catch up to what we think is the new trend, um, we've already fallen behind. There's something new out there. So that's, that's been a big, big challenge for us. Um, uh, luckily, uh, my staff, uh, that I'm mentoring now because I plan on retiring in a, a few more years. Um, they're young, and so they do understand what what the the uh, younger age group is looking for, and, and and they can tell me and and our marketing office and our super, our main supervisors what 
what they're looking for and we don't have to guess because they, we can go straight to them and they let us know the answer of what they want. Sounds like you've got a pretty great crew working for you there. We do. And I know you said a lot of them are young, but I, if I'm not wrong, you do also have a lot of on-base housing that houses some older folks and then even some younger than 18, probably children in maybe the 4 to 10 age range. Have you been able to use technology to help some of the elderly or even some of the children? Well, we have... I'm a sports and fitness, so we're basically geared toward the adult population, um, the 18-year-olds and up. Um, but we also have a, a CYS, which is uh, civilian, excuse me, is youth youth uh, sports and fitness, and it's our youth program. And so, they're professionals in in the field of uh, of children, of infants, um, preschoolers. We also have a teen center, so we have different. Uh, facilities that deal and target uh, specific populations. So we have the preschool age group that's that is a CYS program. We have the teen center. We deal with the adult, most of the young soldier population, but um, there are larger bases that also deal with the senior population, the retirees, the veterans. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have a large population per se on our installation because we're a reserve installation. But other larger installations, they have programs specifically designed for the for those that are fifty and over. Um, specific programs, workouts, uh, whether it be yoga or water aerobics or whatever, they they definitely have a need to provide specific programs for a senior population. Very interesting. Very interesting. So I've been out there a few times myself. And so I've seen some of the technology to use. And so I want to touch on some of the technology you've used for kind of the R&R that you do specifically through your facilities as far as having TVs and some of the workout areas. And you have, know you've done this before. You've had a movie night out at your pool. So could you touch on that and kind of what the thought process is and how you've made that work to improve the experience that you give some of the people that come out and visit? Well, the main thing is that we've gotten Wi-Fi in all our facilities. That has been one of the biggest... Uh, shots in the arm to our program because the soldiers are always asking uh, where they can get free Wi-Fi and the only place we had it at the time was at our uh, library which is now called our Cybrary but we've been able to get Wi-Fi at all of our facilities so um, that helps to attract uh, potential customers and our regular customers Uh, we have TVs and all of our um, facilities our weight room our cardio rooms and we also have um, fitness equipment, ellipticals and our treadmills, well, where you can actually use your iPhones um, to to use while you're working out. So people can listen to their own music. And um, and as far as the swimming pool goes, we just do what's called dive-in movies. It's not really highly technolo- technological. It's mainly designed for the younger, for the families and, and for the younger children. Um, just basically just get a projector out there and and we show movies uh, on a big screen inside a swimming pool we show three a year and mostly family movies very popular kids can be in the water while they're watching the movie and we provide snacks and music and so it's just a good event to have for families during the summer when the kids are on uh, vacation from school yeah that's great you don't need the newest technology to give a great experience exactly so you talked, said something real quick about the library, switching the library to the library. Could you touch on that exactly, 
what you guys have going on there? Well, the Cybrary uh, is, again, is the, the main hub of our computer network for uh, MWR. Um, there's about 22 stations in there that the soldiers can go in. Um, they can access the computer. They can check their emails, their Facebook, their Twitter accounts, whatever they're using. Uh, but they can also get on there to take um, online classes that as part of their, their military careers. So um, we have that available. One side of our library is basically our computers. And then we divided up the facility into just a kind of like a, a typical library where there's books and mm-hmm. and things, and that's designed more for the um, for the grammar school age, and um, and families come there to do story time and things like that. Not so much technology for the younger kids. It's basically just your traditional library with books and uh, story, you know, story reading for the kids. But on the other side is more for the adult soldier. Um, that can access a computer, and um, it's all free. Yeah, I like that a lot. I like you just got split up, hitting all different kinds of age ranges right there. That's great. Uh, so we've talked about a lot of different things you guys have been doing. Do you have any programs or things you're going to try to enact to be uh, more technologically advanced or more adept at using technology? Well, as far as our sports and fitness program goes, no. We're pretty much designed to just provide... Uh, programs and services for the soldier on the physical fitness side because that's a requirement for every soldier that steps foot on the installation. They have uh, physical fitness requirements that they have to meet in order to stay in the military. If they can't meet those standards, and then um, there's a possibility they can get kicked out of the of the service. Mm. So, um, as far as anything on the technological side at our facilities, it's it's basically uh, when they are off duty to come in and work out and be able to use their phones or or uh that's that's the main thing to use their phones while they're working out because uh every soldier you see is coming in he's got earbuds in he's listening to music but um there's other areas that are trying to increase the technology uh for the soldier and for the civilian workforce also yeah well, Mark, thank you again. This has been a very insightful interview on especially what's going on with MWR, especially in the fitness area, something a lot of us here in the experience industry are into. So uh, thank you for coming out and doing this interview with us. All right. Thank you. Today we had two wonderful interviews from the husband-wife pair of Pam and Mark. Mark and Pam, I should say. And we got a great insight on what technology has done in the workforce. And it was quite surprising for me because I think, as well as for many other people, we can tend to focus on some of the negatives that come with the technological advances today. And I think it was great to see what a lot of different places, uh, MWR and even in schools, have been using to improve technology and use it to improve recreation. So I think it was a great Uh, Great experience for myself personally, and hopefully for my listeners as well. And uh, to end the podcast, as always, it's always best to learn, and we never stop learning. And what better way to learn than to experience? So stick with me next time on Experiencing the Experience Industry.